to Stony Brook. We are so glad that you are here worshiping with us on this third Sunday in Lent. We will be continuing through Paul's letter to the Philippians and our exploration of joy this Sunday. I'm Pastor Jennifer Casey and I bring you greetings on behalf of our preacher of the day, Pastor Mary Jo Yakel. Pastor Bob Thomas, our pastor emeritus, will be serving as our online host today. Pastor Bob is here to greet you and help you, so drop a comment in on YouTube or uh, Facebook and say good morning, and Pastor Bob will be sure to respond to you. Also, we'd love to know that you are here worshiping with us today. If you could take a moment and fill out the online connection card, we would appreciate that. You can find the link that just says connection card. Simply click it. It'll take you directly to uh, the page to fill out your information. This is also a place where you can submit any uh, prayer joys or concerns that you would like to share with your community. Throughout Lent, we turn our focus to joy, which we know comes in so many different ways, from the ways that we care for ourselves to blessing others in this season. As a reminder, we have a team of Stephen ministers who are available to help you should you be experiencing a period of grief or hurt in any way. Their listening ministry is sure to help care for your soul in these tough days. Please reach out to Pastor Bob or Linda Elko who can help connect you with a Stephen minister should you believe you need one at this time. The toilet paper tower, which is growing in our lobby, continues to get taller and taller. And so we are reminding you to drop off your toilet paper on the front porch of the church so that we can add to it. And I suspect there might be some pictures uh, that are going to be put out on Facebook pretty soon to show you how it is growing. Our children this Easter season are invited to an Easter trail, which will be held on Saturday, March 27th. This outdoor Easter event will take the children on a journey through our campus to, the, to discover the joy of Easter. It is something which will need some pre-registration. Pastor Bob is going to place the link in the comment section on Facebook and YouTube. You can take that to sign up, uh, or you can reach out to Kristen Frederick, our Director of Children's Ministry, for more information. And then finally, later in worship, we will be celebrating Holy Communion. So if you haven't already done so, go grab a juice or water or uh, some bread or crackers as we celebrate this gift of grace together. And now at this time, I invite you to turn your hearts and your minds as the prelude prepares our souls for worship.
Let us turn our hearts to God in prayer. Direct us, O Lord, in all our doings with your most gracious favor and further us with your continual help that in all our works, begun, continued, and ended in you, we may glorify your holy name and finally, by your mercy, obtain everlasting life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. join me in a spirit of prayer. Unifying God, you created us and call us your own. Your original design of the world is one of peace and harmony, beauty and life. We are to live in community with one another, with nature, in mutual respect and compassion. We so often fall short of this ideal We separate our neighbors from ourselves, calling them less than your beloved. We harm the very land which grows our food, gives us shelter, and provides us joy. Forgive us, O God, for ignoring you. Forgive us for the ways we close our ears to one another. Forgive us for shutting our eyes to the damage we do to your earth. We are but feeble humans in deep need of your mercy and forgiveness. Turn us back to you. Open our ears, our eyes, and our hearts to see what is before us. Pain, discontent, disconnection. Soften our hearts and help us move with compassion. We pray for all of those whom we love who are sick. We pray for those who are lonely. And we pray for those who are in desperate need of hope. Open our ears, our eyes, and our hearts to see what is before us, beauty, light, and joy. Soften our hearts and help us to spread joy in this hard and hurting world. We thank you for the shining sun, the singing of birds, and the smiles of a stranger. You are here in the midst of it all. We have that assurance, and it brings us comfort as we refocus on you and your intended design for creation. 
We pray all of this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus. Amen.
make me want to dance. Friends, one of the things about the communion text that you will be a part of in a few minutes is how it closes with this phrase, by your spirit make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. You just took us there. You just allowed us to feast. So I guess we're done for today. We can close now. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's clapping. Too bad. So sad. Not doing it. Um, dear, dear friends, we have been doing our work of celebrating what is joyfully called the, the love letter from Paul to his significant friends in Philippi. It's, it's good to remember that friends are a part of our lives. When I turned to prepare the work of this service, I went, oh yay, I get the sermon titled Unity in Christ. In a season where I feel about as unified as a pelican with color, it just isn't happening. There's, there's just disunity everywhere, and I'm supposed to preach. And, you know, they, there's this expectation that if you have the title senior pastor, you're supposed to be wise and wonderful and maybe have an answer or two. And I would say again, give it up. I can ask questions, but I'm with you. And we do this work of figuring things out together. As we begin, it is appropriate for us to settle back and to hear the words that Paul scribed for us. I have this image of a kid running into the sanctuary with an envelope going, Pastor, Pastor, we got a letter. Um, so have fun with that idea. I would like to read from the 27th verse in the first chapter on through to chapter 2, verse 4. May these words, no matter what else happens this morning, may these words encourage you as we work on unity. Only live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. So that whether I come and see you or am absent and hear about you, I will know that you are standing firm in one spirit, striving side by side with one mind for the faith of the gospel and are in no way intimidated by your opponents. For them, this is evidence of their destruction, but for your salvation. And this is God's doing, for he has graciously granted you the privilege of not only believing in Christ, but of suffering for him as well. And since you are having the same struggle that you saw I had, and now hear that I still have, hear these words. If then... There is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy 
complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. Let each of you look not to your own interests, but to the interests of others. The gift of the word given to our presence. Thanks be to God. Amen. Will you pray with me? And now, Almighty God, either through or in spite of this, I serve and speak to these, your beloved ones, who are encouraged by their brother and are willing, no matter the cost, to be full of faith in Jesus Christ. And together we say amen. Amen. The story has been told that a gathered circle of decisioners had come together to deal with some conflict. Now, I don't know where you are with conflict, but I can guarantee you that in the house that I was raised in, when the vacuum cleaner went on, the kids disappeared. Because that was my mother's tool of dealing with being frustrated. If you're going to be frustrated, get something done. For the rest of us, this is what the sound was. Dive, dive. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a conflict-oriented person. Um, you literally find that I will nail my feet to the floor in order for me to sit in it. But I will nail my feet to the floor. I love this story that the circle had gathered, the decisioners were present, and in the middle of the table, they had brought the Christ candle from the altar in the sanctuary. They had lit it and had put it in the middle of them all and in the devotional time, which if you're going to do conflict, you better pray about it. They acknowledged that Christ was in the room too. It was a good thing. The conversation began, the stories began to get told, and then, and then, as so often with conflict, the fingers started to point. Well, you did this, and you did that, and up, and on it went. And all you have to do is start to heat the tempo, and pretty soon you are so far down the road that you can't come back and find what it is that brings you together. And all of a sudden, in the middle of those heated moments, literally, the Christ candle went out. Now, I'm good at creating stories, but this is a true story. A hush descended upon the room. And somebody had a match, and relit the candle. And the leader said, let's start again. How do we listen to each other when we don't like each other? How do we hear things that are making us feel very unhappy? How do we embrace the holy moment that you don't get to get rid of each 
other. The body of Christ is the body of Christ. And we're in it together. How do we unify when it's so hard? It's really obvious that Paul is sitting in the midst of a pretty unhappy time in his life. It is the assumption that this letter was written from imprisonment, not just of a bad thing, but a capital offense. In other words, his life was on the line. And in the midst of the 29th verse, these words are spoken. For he was gracious to grant you the privilege that not only of believing in Christ, but of suffering for him as well. We are not exempted from suffering. We are not exempted from being angry. We are not exempted from being frustrated, belong, belief. But this is what we are guaranteed. That in the midst of these hard moments, God is there. The brightness of Christ can shine no matter what. And we are challenged by our brother... To remember that. And not only just remember it, but to live that. Friends, I confess to you that the world has colored my life. The experiences that I have come through for 63 years have put shades and hues and pigment to what I understand is going on around me. I think that's one of the reasons why I enjoy the visual impact of life. I know I've used this before, but I will use it again, so you might as well just enjoy it. The word joy comes out of the energy to brighten, you know, like a Christ candle. But then I ran into another word recently. The word was shame. The word was to be ashamed. Have you ever played with the idea? Are you ashamed of the gospel? Do you mandate that it come out only in the way that you want it? And then I began to look up that word. And do you know that the word shame is evolved out of the energy to fade? Joy to brighten, shame to fade. Some things that have colored my life... I need to own in front of you so that if they might encourage you, you might know why they encourage me and at least have some understanding about what might unite us so that as we stand shoulder to shoulder, we might march into this world with a sense of confidence that we will share the brightness of the joy of Christ. You have heard many times that there was a church that I served for six years where within the first eight months, after being there eight months, there was a humongous fire and it burnt to the ground. It was truly an awful experience. I watched as that building looked to almost split itself open and lay itself down 
as fire consumed, and there wasn't a thing to be done. The firefighters came from all over. If the ones on the outside hadn't come, homes that were towards the other side of the wind would have burnt from the embers that came from the church. But because so many showed up, that didn't happen. But the Ada Fire Department said, this fire kicked us down like none we ever remember. It melted the fire engines. I look at that experience. It colors my life. It makes me a little sensitive about candles. It humbles me when I think I can do something about the big parts of life. I walked out of that experience with two primary gifts that I want to give you. As we were in the midst of trying to figure out what do we do next, we chose to take 180 days to deliberately look at our situation with God's help. In other words, we want to build a church. What does God want us to build? Three planning weekends were announced. And as we went together and started to do sign-up lists in the borrowed chapel where we housed ourselves for many Sundays, one woman turned around to me and said, Pastor, you're asking too much. I can't do all three weekends. I looked at her. I knew her life. I knew the challenges of what it was like to be living with a husband who was seriously facing the end of his life. And I looked at her and I said, Joyce, you bring your best and God will bring the rest. I own to you that that was more of a blurt than a thought-out comment, but that blurt has saved my soul since then. I have to bring what I'm able, but God is not limited by me. God brings the rest, sometimes through another pastor, sometimes through a powerful song, sometimes through a congregant who comes every time we worship, and then that one moment, says something that's transformational. God will bring the rest. We are asked to bring our best. To assume that everyone is working at their best allows an easier spirit to reside in one's soul. Now, I confess to you, I'm still working on this gift. I still have a tendency to drive and push and shove and expect and God gently reminds me again, you know, Mary Jo, they're bringing their best. Honor that. The second gift I want to give you is what happens when you claim your history. 
So part of planning what to do for a new church, we started to get into, into the archives of newspapers and secular remembrances because, you see, the church's historical documents were gone. So we had to go to others. And we even had meetings of, of community people who would tell us the story of the church from their perspective. And here are two things that we discovered. Number one, when the big 113-year-old sanctuary was first constructed, the bishop had called. He took the trustees to the side and he said, I want you to build a sanctuary big enough to hold all the students of Ohio Northern University. Nobody remembered that. But somewhere in the archives of somebody else's stuff, we surfaced it. What a, what a great challenge that was to build a building big enough to hold the students. The other thing that got reported in the archives, you had to read hard between the lines. The other one was that the village leaders came to the church, not knowing what the bishop had said. And they came to the leaders of the church and they said, we understand you're going to build a new church. We really would like it if you would build it big enough so that when we have an all-village meeting, we could be in one room together and we think you ought to build it that big. The numbers were equal. The number of members of the village and the number of students at Ohio Northern were about the same. And by golly, they built that way. Now when we began to look at the new building and how it might be faithful, the one thing we were real clear about was that most people knew the church because of the fellowship of the fellowship hall. And we built a fellowship hall and had flexibility in it so that hundreds of people could sit at table and eat together. The intention of building in such a way for the ministry of the community was so much a part of the DNA of this church. The history of the church informed the future of the church. The history of your living informs the ministry of your loving. Paul will never be Paul without risking all that he had and all that he was for the glory of the gospel, even to the point of being incarcerated and shackled, nothing would stop this man. And in this scripture on this day, he said, we have been privileged not only to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and the healing that comes on the cross and the willingness to serve no matter the cost, but we have been blessed to even suffer for it and count that. 
I want to remind you of how it is that Jesus is remembered. If you look in one of the letters in Philippians, it says, and he emptied himself and took the form of a slave being born in human likeness that you and I might be able to serve no matter what. Unity. Unity over subjects that tear us apart. I do seriously wonder if we have forgotten what the big stuff is and gotten lost in the minute pebbles of irritation. For the world will die without the love of Christ, and we are privileged to live it. So, my friends, as we come to the table of the Lord, I remind you that we believe in bread broken and blood poured out so that those who do not know what sacrificial love is all about will see it in us. Let us prepare ourselves to receive this gift. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You brought all things into being and called them good. From the dust of the earth, you formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. When rain fell upon the earth for 40 days and 40 nights, you bore up the ark on the waters and saved Noah and his family and made covenant with every living creature on earth. When you led your people to Mount Sinai for 40 days and 40 nights, you gave us your commandments and made us your covenant people. When your people forsook your covenant, your prophet Elijah fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and on your holy mountain he heard your small, still voice. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, 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 holy Lord, God, God of power and might, heaven and, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you and blessed is your son, Jesus Christ. When you gave him to save us from our sin, your spirit led him into the wilderness, where he fasted for 40 days and 40 nights to prepare for his ministry. When he suffered and died on a cross for our sin, you raised him to life, presented him alive to the apostles during 40 days, 
and exalted him at your right hand. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. Now when we, your people, prepare for the yearly feast of Easter, you lead us to repentance for sin and the cleansing of our hearts. During these 40 days of Lent, we may be gifted and graced to reaffirm the covenant you made with us through Christ. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread and gave thanks to you, broke the bread and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which has been given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ Christ has died. Christ Christ is risen. risen. Christ Christ will will come come again. For out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine, make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God. In the name of the one who teaches us to pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. The body of Christ given for you. The blood of Christ shed for you. Amen. Amen. And now, brothers and sisters, be encouraged. For what you have received here is the ultimate gift that you might arise and go into the world knowing that you are loved. The body broken, the blood poured, the gift of grace received. And the people said, Amen. Amen.
we have been the recipients of the ultimate gift. We have been encouraged by our brothers and sisters who have walked before us. It is our privilege to respond so that the bones and the structure of the ministry of the gospel as lived with faith in Stony Brook might be revealed. It is with gratitude that we thank you. It is with encouragement that we allow this moment to be fully what it is. Let me also remind you that next week will be a special Sunday in the United Methodist denomination as we provide that extra second, third mile offering for the United Methodist Committee on Relief. I love the fact that we are known for being first in and last out for the tragedies that befall people of innocence. Friends, it is good to be with you. It is good to speak the word of hope amongst you. And let us remember that it is Christ who unites us. Amen.